everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to be reading chapters 8 and 9 of the book of Judges. And before we begin, I wanted to start out with a prayer for each and every one of you. Almighty God, we bless you for our lives. We give you praise for your abundant mercy and grace we receive We thank you for your faithfulness, even though we are not that faithful to you sometimes. Lord Jesus, we ask you to give us all around peace in our mind, body, soul, and spirit. We want you to heal and remove everything that is causing stress, grief, and sorrow in our lives. Please guide our path through life and make our enemies be at peace with us. Let your peace reign in our family, at our place of work, businesses, and everything we lay our hands on. Let your angels of peace go ahead of us when we go out and stay by our side when we return. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, chapter 8. Gideon kills Zeba and Zabunah. Then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? Why don't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. But Gideon replied, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan of Abizar? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeb, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. When they reached Succoth, Gideon asked the leaders of the town, Please give my warriors some food. They are very tired. I am chasing Zeba and Zabmuna, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth replied, Catch Zeba and Zalmunna first, and then we will feed your army. So Gideon said, After the Lord gives me victory over Zeba and Zalmunna, I will return and tear your flesh with the thorns and briars from the wilderness. From there, Gideon went up to Peniel and again asked for food, but he got the same answer. So he said to the people of Peniel, After I return in victory, I will tear down this tower. By this time, Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor with about 15,000 warriors, all that remained of the allied armies of the east, for 120,000 had already been killed. Gideon circled around by the caravan route east of Noba and Jogbeha, taking the Midianite army by surprise. Zeba and Zamuna, the two Midianite kings, fled, but Gideon chased them down and captured all their warriors. After this, Gideon returned from the battle by way of Heres Pass. There, he captured a young man from Succoth and demanded that he write down the names of all the 77 officials and elders in the town. Gideon then returned to Succoth and said to the leaders, Here are Zeba and Zamuna. When we were here before, you taunted me, saying, Catch Zeba and Zalmunna first, and then we will feed your exhausted army. Then Gideon took the elders of the town and taught them 
a lesson, punishing them with thorns and briars from the wilderness. He also tore down the tower of Peniel and killed all the men in the town. Then Gideon asked Zeba and Zamuna, the men you killed at Tabor, what were they like? Like you, they replied. They all had the look of king's son. They were my brothers, the sons of my own mother, Gideon explained. As surely as the Lord lives, I wouldn't kill you if you hadn't killed them. Turning to Jether, his oldest son, he said, kill them. But Jether did not draw a sword, for he was only a boy and he was afraid. Then Zeba and Zamuna said to Gideon, be a man, kill us yourself. So Gideon killed them both and took the royal ornaments from the necks of their camels. Gideon's sacred ephod. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, be our ruler. You and your son and your grandson will be our rulers, for you have rescued us from Midian. But Gideon replied, I will not rule over you, nor will my son. The Lord will rule over you. However, I do one. I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from the plunder you collected from your fallen enemies. Gladly, they replied. They spread out a cloak, and each one threw in a gold earring he had, off, he had gathered from the plundered. The weight of the gold earrings was 43 pounds, not including the royal ornaments and pendants, the purple clothing worn by the kings of Midian, and the chains around the necks of their camels. Gideon made a sacred ephod from the gold and put it in Ophrah, his hometown. But soon all the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping it, and it became a trap for Gideon and his family. That is the story of how the people of Israel defeated Midian, which never recovered. Throughout the rest of Gideon's lifetime, about 40 years, there was peace in the land. Then Gideon, son of Joash, returned home. He had 70 sons born to him, for he had many wives. He also had a concubine in Shechem, who gave birth to a son whom he named Abimelech. Gideon died when he was very old, and he was buried in the grave of his father Joash at Ophrah, in the land of the clan of Abizar. As soon as Gideon died, the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshipping the images of Baal, making Baal Bereth their god. They forgot the Lord, their god, who had rescued them from all the enemies surrounding them, nor did they show any loyalty to the family of Jerubal, despite all the good he had done for Israel. Here in chapter 8, in verses 4 through 21, uh, we see that the pursuit and execution of the Midianite kings is a striking example of perseverance on the part of Gideon. In clear contrast to the tribes of Israel who failed to finish the job of driving out the Canaanites, Gideon continued until the Midianite forces were completely defeated. He changed the previous oppressive situation completely, opening the doorway to a new life of freedom for Israel. We should follow Gideon's example of faithfulness, making certain to finish what God has called us to do. In verses 22-35, after Gideon's death, the, Israelite, the Israelites again turned from the true God and worshipped idols. The ephod 
Gideon made to commemorate the defeat of the Midianites was soon worshipped by the people. And later, the Israelites went back to worshipping Baal. The people still did not recognize the cycle of disobedience and oppression. Unlike Israel, we should learn from our past. When tempted to return to sinful habits, we need to remember the consequences of those behaviors and strive to grow spiritually. Chapter 9 Abimelech Rules Over Shechem One day Gideon's son Abimelech went to Shechem to visit his uncles, his mother's brothers. He said to them and to the rest of his mother's family, Ask the leading citizens of Shechem whether they want to be ruled by all seventy of Gideon's sons or by one man. And remember that I am your own flesh and blood. So Abimelech's uncle gave his his message to all the citizens of Shechem on his behalf. And after listening to the, his proposal, the people of Shechem decided in favor of Abimelech because he was their relative. They gave him 70 silver coins from the temple of Baal, Berith, which he used to hire some reckless troublemakers who argued, who agreed to follow him. He went to his father's home at Ophrah, and there on one stone they killed all seventy of his half-brothers, the sons of Gideon. But the youngest brother, Jotham, escaped and hid. Then all the leading citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo called a meeting under the oak beside the pillar at Shechem and made Abimelech their king. Jotham's Parable When Jotham heard about this, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted, Listen to me citizens of Shechem. Listen to me if you want God to listen to you. Once upon a time, the trees decided to choose a king. First, they said to the olive tree, be our king. But the olive tree refused, saying, should I quit producing the olive oil that blesses both God and people just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the fig tree, you be our king. But the fig tree also refused, saying, Should I quit producing my sweet fruit just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the grapevine, You be our king. But the grapevine also refused, saying, Should I quit producing the wine that cheers both God and people just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then all the trees finally turned to the thorn bush and said, Come, you be our our king. And the thorn bush replied to the trees, If you truly want to make me your king, come and take shelter in my shade. If not, let fire come out from me and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Jotham continued, Now make sure you have acted honorably and in good faith by making Abimelech your king, and that you have done right by Gideon and all of his descendants. Have you treated him with the honor he deserves for all he accomplished? For he fought for you and risked his life when he rescued you from the Midianites. But today you have revolted against my father and his descendants, killing his seventy sons on one stone. And you have chosen his slave woman's son, Abimelech, to be our king just because he is your relative. 
if you have acted honorably and in good faith toward Gideon and you find joy in Abimelech and may he find joy in you but if you have not acted in good faith then may fire come out from Abimelech and devour the leading citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo and may fire come out from the citizens of Shechem oh sorry then Jotham escaped and lived in beer because he was afraid of his brother Abimelech. Shechem rebels against Abimelech. After Abimelech had ruled over Israel for three years, God sent a spirit that stirred the trouble between Abimelech and the leading citizens of Shechem, and they revolted. God was punishing Abimelech for murdering Gideon's 70 sons and the citizens of Shechem for supporting him in this treachery of murdering his brothers, the citizens of Shechem, set an ambush for Abimelech on the hilltops and robbed everyone who passed that way. But someone warned Abimelech about their plot. One day, Gaul, son of Abed, moved to Shechem with his brothers and gained the confidence of the leading citizens of Shechem. During the annual harvest festival at Shechem, held in the temple of the local god, the wine flowed freely and everyone began cursing Abimelech. Who is Abimelech? Gaul shouted. He's not a true son of Shechem, so why should we be his servants? He's merely the son of Gideon, and this Zebul is merely his deputy. Serve the true sons of Amor, the founder of Shechem. Why should we ha- serve Abimelech? If I were char- in charge here, I would get rid of Abimelech. I would say to him, get some soldiers and come out and fight. But then Zibel, the leader of the city, heard that Gaul was what, was what Gaul was saying. He was furious. He sent messengers to Abimelech in Aruma, telling him, Gaul, son of Abed, and his brothers have come to live in Shechem, and now they are inciting the city to rebel against you. Come by night with an army and hide out in the fields. In the morning, as soon as it is daylight, attack the city. When Gaul and those who are with them come out against you, you can do with them as you wish. So Abimelech and all his men went by night and split into four groups, stationing themselves around Shechem. Gaul was standing at the city gates when Abimelech and his army came out of hiding. When Gaul saw them, he said to Zebul, Look, there are people coming down from the hilltops. Zebul replied, It's just the shadows on the hills that look like men. But again Gaul said, No, people are coming down from the hills, and another group is coming down the road past the Divineer's Oak. Then Zebul turned on him and asked, Now where is the big mouth of yours? Wasn't it you that said who is Abimelech and why should we be his servants? The men you mocked are right outside the city. Go out and fight them. So Gaul led the leading citizens of Shechem into battle against Abimelech. But Abimelech chased him, and many of Shechem's men were wounded then fell along the road as they retreated to the city gate. Abimelech returned to Aruma and Zebul, drove Gaul and his brothers out of Shechem. The next day, the people of Shechem went out into the fields to battle 
When Abimelech heard about it, he divided his men into three groups and set an ambush in the fields. When Abimelech saw the people coming out of the city, he and his men jumped up from their hiding places and attacked them. Abimelech and his group stormed the city gate to keep the men of Shechem from getting back in. While, Abimelech, uh, while Abimelech's other two groups cut them down in the fields, the battle went on all day before Abimelech finally captured the city. He killed the people, leveled the city, and scattered salt all over the ground. When the leading citizens who lived in the tower of Shechem heard what had happened, they ran and hid in the temple of Baal Berith. Someone reported to Abimelech that the citizens had gathered in the temple, so he led his forces to Mount Zalman. He took an axe and chopped some branches from a tree, then put them on his shoulders. Quick, do as I have done, he told his men. So each of them cut down some branches, followed Abimelech's example. They piled the branches against the walls of the temple and set them on fire. So all the people who had lived in the tower of Shechem died, about 1,000 men and women. Then Abimelech attacked the towns of Thebes and captured it. But there was a man, but there was a strong tower inside the town, and all the men and women, the entire population, fled to it. They barricaded themselves in and they climbed up to the roof of the tower. Abimelech followed them to attack the tower, but as he prepared to set fire to the entrance, a woman on the roof dropped the millstone that landed on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. He quickly said to his young armor bearer, Draw your sword and kill me. Don't let it be said that a woman killed Abimelech. So the young man ran him through with his sword and he died. When Abimelech's men saw that he was dead, they disbanded and returned to their homes. In this way, God punished Abimelech for the evil he had done against his father by murdering, murdering his 70 brothers. God also punished the men of Shechem for all their evil, so the curse of Jotham, son of Gideon, was fulfilled. Here in chapter 9, Abimelech, Gideon's son by a concubine, proved to be the virtual opposite of his father. Gideon rightly refused kingship over Israel. But Abimelech not only demanded it, he also attempted to kill anyone who stood in his way. And he died as violently as he lived. None of the faith, patience, and honesty that characterized Gideon is seen in Abimelech. Perhaps indicating serious deficiencies in his childhood years, it is not enough to be a strong leader outside the home environment we must be a strong influence on our children. If they do not spend time with a godly parental example, they may grow up with no positive role model to follow. If we don't teach our children how to walk in our ways, they may grow up to flout them as Abimelech did. So yesterday, Israel's fearful fifth judge, Gideon, defeated the Midianites. But now, the tribe of Ephraim is mad they weren't invited to the war, because they pride themselves on being warriors. They calm down when Gideon praises 
their prior military victories. Then he crosses the Jordan River in pursuit of two Midianite kings so they can finish off the war. He asks East Manasseh to feed his army. He's from West Manasseh, so these guys are technically from the same tribe, but they offer no support, so he promises to destroy their town. Then he heads to Gad, the neighboring tribe to the south. They deny him food too, so he promises to destroy their tower. His anger is warranted because these fellow Israelites are supposed to offer help, especially in war efforts. But Gideon's response seems a bit extreme, like he's operating out of insecurity. He finally kills the two Midianite kings and steals their crescent ornaments, then returns to fulfill his threats to East Manasseh and Gad. Today's conquests feel different from yesterday's, likely because there's no mention of God. Gideon seems to be acting on his own impulses. When Israel tries to make him king, he says, no, not me. God is your king, but immediately asks for all their gold and all their gold jewelry. That's when things start to feel a little too familiar. He makes himself a golden ephod. Only the high priest is allowed to wear the ephod, so this violates God's commands and is an act of extreme arrogance. Insecurity and arrogance are different sides of the same pride coin. Yesterday the coin was tails up. Gideon was full of fear and self-doubt, but today the coin has flipped heads up and he's full of himself. His time of his time as Israel's judge has never been about God. It hasn't even been about Israel. It's always been about Gideon and it shows. The people whore after this sephod, which may feel less sinful than worshiping pagan gods because it's Yahweh adjacent, but it's not. It's still adultery. He has a lot of wives, concubines, and kids, and he names one son Abimelech, which means my father is king. All his talk about God being king is just lip service. He wants to be king, and they seem to view him as king, but it's never ordained by God. Abimelech is divisive and scheming trying to take over his dad's role, even though other sons are in line before him. But the locals love his confidence. They give him money from the pagan temple, and he uses it to hire his sketchy entourage. He kills Gideon's other sons on one stone, possibly an altar, which likely means he's sacrificing them to Baal. In the midst of this mass murder, His youngest brother, Jotham, escapes. The Shechemite leaders make him quote-unquote king, but it isn't real. Jotham goes to the top of Mount Gerizim and tells them a parable to illustrate that Abimelech isn't a worthy king and he'll be destructive. Ultimately, this is a prophetic curse uttered from the mouth of from the Mount of Blessing.
After he warns them, he flees. They don't listen. But Jotham leaves the consequences to God. God sends an evil spirit that causes division between Abimelech and his people, showing that even evil bends to God's will. Meanwhile, the Shechemites start to look for Abimelech's replacement, which leads to more fighting. The Shechemites set up an ambush, but Abimelech kills them and destroys the city altogether, even though he lives there. Some flee to a military stronghold, but he burns it down. Jotham prophesied this very thing. Now Abimelech needs a new place to live, so he goes to conquer Thebes, but a woman throws a stone, mortally wounding him. He has a man finish the job in a failed attempt to preserve his legacy. His manipulation never ceased. God's justice is on display with Abimelech. He kills all his brothers on a stone, then dies by a stone. God's wrath and justice are adjacent to his love, not in contrast to it. When we love something, we have wrath toward anything that threatens it. We want to defend and protect it. When it comes to his name and his people, Yahweh is vigilantly protective. Even in the midst of their wickedness and waywardness, he's still enacting justice to purify them and protect them from evil. In love and in justice, he's where the joy is. All right, in today's daily devotional, I am ever so near you hovering over your shoulder, reading every thought. People think that thoughts are fleeting and worthless, but yours are precious to me. I smile when you think lovingly of me. My spirit who lives within you helps you to think my thoughts. As your thinking goes, so goes your entire being. Let me be your positive focus. When you look to me, knowing me as God with you, you experience joy. This is according to my ancient design when I first crafted man. Modern man seeks his positive focus elsewhere, in sports, sensations, acquiring new possessions. Advertising capitalizes on the longing of people for a positive focus in their lives. I planted that longing in human souls, knowing that only I could fully satisfy it. Delight yourself in me. Let me become the desire of your heart. Amen. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. I hope you all have a great day and God bless each and every one of you.